That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to the best of That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. First time listening, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for tuning in. No goodbyes, just sneak to the we will be back in 2024 with all new episodes and guests, so stay tuned for an awesome new year full of great content. Now, if you're looking to quit or cut back on your drinking through the holidays or as we approach the new year, we have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there, and it's helped hundreds of men all over the country quit drinking alcohol. It's called Quit Drinking Dude, the ultimate men's guide to quit drinking alcohol and stay sober for 30 days or more. And in honor of the holiday season this year, we want to give you 25 bucks off when you sign up today. You get 30 podcasts in 30 days, plus daily exercises and a private men's group to keep you connected and hold you accountable. You can sign up today. And use the promo code 25OFF. you got to spell it out, 25OFF at checkout. And you can do that at thatsoberguide.com. You can also find more information as well as other podcasts, other resources, or you can contact us all once again at thatsoberguide.com. And uh, on behalf of the Raymer family, uh, we want to wish you all a very fun, a very happy, uh, and of course, a very sober-minded holiday season. And we hope that you enjoy the best of that sober guy podcast. I got Nick Rucker here. It's great to have him back on the podcast. Nick, my friend, how are you, dude? Good. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's good to see your face. Good to connect. Uh, you're in you're in Boise, Idaho, originally uh, from Nebraska, but you're out doing some training out there. How's Boise treating you? Uh, dude, it's it's not bad. It's it's a good view, a lot yeah. of good views. I could, I should say. Yeah. And uh, there's, <clears throat> I get about one day a week off. So I think the next time, um, next Sunday, I'll be I'll venture out and go check some stuff out. But uh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure my way out or figure myself out and figure it out um, how to get around and everything else. Yeah. So it's not bad. I like it. Yeah, I, I do too. We we took a trip out there. Oh, excuse me, the kids and uh and the wife back in July last year and uh just, you know, kind of hung out. We was in the summertime, so it was a little different weather than probably you're getting right now. Um, but dude, lots of water stuff, lots of outdoor stuff. Um, I man, I so wanted to go to a Boise State game. They got the that that stadium there is really, really cool looking. Didn't <laughs> get to go blue, you know. blue turf, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the like, blue turf. Yeah, that whole campus yeah. is badass. Um, yeah. it's a good, good little spot, man. I think you'll enjoy yeah. kicking around a little bit once you get to get out. It seems pretty, uh, just the people I've met so far seem pretty laid back. Like it yeah. takes a lot to get anybody worked up about anything. And, yeah. You know, like coming from a town of 500 people in Missouri originally, that's, uh, that's my jam. Yeah. There's <laughs> people that don't get worked <laughs> up about anything. Yeah. Just mellow. Even, uh, even with the uh, pandemic going on, I'd be curious to go back to my hometown and find out if they've heard about it yet. So. <laughs> I still think they're like, uh, whatever, just screw it. Yeah, Definitely I mean, different than California. That's for sure. It's a, it's like, yeah. it's funny how each individual state, uh, you know, t- tends to deal with it a little bit different or area, um, depending yeah. on, depending on where you're at. Um, right. But I've been, I've traveled pretty much all over the United States since it, it, last year yeah you know east coast west coast down south and no offense but california was uh the most extreme i've seen yeah and it was it was just kind of eye-opening that you know this is uh on opposite sides the coasts are where it's yeah, happening like, that's yeah. the, you know and not to say that's where it's happening and not to downgrade what's actually going on um, but the simple fact that like, you know, very seriously taking it very seriously on the coasts, yeah. um, especially yeah. close to New York, whenever I was in, uh, New Hampshire, um, and, uh, in Connecticut, I was like, all right, you know, they know yeah. people that were working in the hospitals there and everything else and all the people that were dying. And yeah, I was like, all right. So yeah, let's, I, I can understand it, with that information that you have, why you would, you know take it very seriously. Whereas yeah. in Nebraska, it's just been kind of like, 
it's happening. Um, yeah. but it's just like, we're kind of relaxed about it now. And it's different everywhere. Really I think it's it. like, it's hard to like blanket the whole, uh, country, you know what I mean? Just, you know, specifically speaking in the United States, obviously it's a worldwide issue, but, um, yeah, it's definitely different on the coastal areas. It seems to be different, uh, where the leadership differs. We'll just put it like that. I mean, different yeah, leadership, definitely. different leadership in different areas seem to, uh, it seems to affect people differently. I don't know. Really weird, but, right. uh, I know that we're trying to, to do our best to, uh, you know, to obviously be safe and, and be smart. Um, but at the same time, uh, what are the effects of, mental health, you know, on, on people, on kids that this is having relapse addiction. Um, I mean, man, you know, the kids out of school, like there, there's just so many dominoes that have fallen uh, from this. And it's, it's been a real, it's been a, you know, a pretty tough thing for a lot of different people. And then, you know, people who have gotten sick and stuff, of course, too, but, um, yeah. any case, dude, I'm glad, think, you, I'm glad you're doing good. That's, that's good. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think you can agree with me as far as like what you just said is a good point. Uh, the, the mental health side of, of with kids. Um, oh, yeah. And it's not yeah. 100%. You know, my girlfriend, she's got two 11 year old and a 12 year old. And then we've got a five month old together. And she just watching them, you know, one of them, he just gets really got really stressed out at one point. And it was just because he he never he doesn't leave the house, and yeah. I was like, I don't know what we can do, yeah. um, you know, to get you out. It's winter, um, and in Nebraska, that's not the best yeah. cases to be in. <laughs> yeah, it's not a California <laughs> wants to winter. Be outside. Yeah, right. And you know, it's it's not only stressful on them, but it's stressful on us at home or when yeah. we're like. I can tell from Leslie that she's super stressed out, just finding things for them to do. And then that stresses me out totally. because she's not happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, happy wife, happy life. And that's not the case Dude. Uh, yeah. or it hasn't been recently. And so I think that that's a great point, the mental health side of things. And I did uh, um, the hospital back home and I know you're not on Instagram uh, currently, but the hospital back home had asked me to be an ambassador for their mental health gala. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. A couple of days ago. And I had the past month or so been kind of like promoting that and, and good getting donations for their mental health ward there. And it was kind of eye opening because yeah. all of a sudden I'm on a platform that's getting seen by a lot of people that I grew up around mm. um, and talking about sobriety. Um, there's a reason, you know, that, you know, I drank and everything else is it was the culture yeah. where I grew up <laughs> and uh, a farming culture where it's just bush light and get drunk. <laughs> and, and yeah. He, and it's funny looking back on it now, you know, like I always thought that, it was okay. And eventually you get to a point where you can drink an 18 pack a day and like, you just keep going. And I thought yeah. that that was normal, you yeah. know, oh, because yeah. all the farmers did it. And all of a sudden I find myself and I had like an epiphany um, on, as I'm shooting this like kind of short little promo for it is that I'm fucking like not in that world anymore, but all of a sudden I'm able to tell everybody there that, Hey, let's fix this. Like yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome. what you're doing. Isn't, isn't okay. And it may seem like it and all this and, you know, dude, and one of the, and I haven't shared this, uh, but the, I think two years ago, the guy, I think we all remember whenever we start going into, you know, getting sober and everything, everybody from the beginning is the person that we always fucking remember. Like oh, yeah. it's, we yeah. meet a lot of people, but there's always that first guy or, and there was a guy from back home who basically he asked me if I would come and talk at the Christmas, um, the uh, AA meeting and share my story because he thought a lot of people in the area back home needed to hear it. Yeah. And at the time I was like still kind of getting used to like public speaking, I guess. And I was super fucking nervous. And I remember like <laughs> by the end of it, dude, crying and everything else, because I was looking at a room full of people that I I've known my whole life. And all of a sudden 
these people that I kind of idolize because of drinking, they're looking at me like it's a complete opposite. It's a 180. Wow. And I'm like, and so one of the, this guy, and I'm not going to say his name just for the simple fact that like, I don't know, like how big of a deal it would be, but um, he had called me many, many times and, and checked in. He was older, you know, like it's always the older guys, like seventies, eighties yeah. that are just like, they want to help. They know how it works. And yeah, like, absolutely. right out of the gate, you think this is weird a little bit, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's but cool it's at okay. the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think, and, and here's one of the things that I've pinpointed as I've kind of gone through this journey and trying to self-discovery and everything else is whenever I would drink, I was always looking for somebody to look up to. I was always looking for a father figure to kind of just confide in. That's good. I needed somebody to pull me out of the fucking darkness and be like, dude, get your fucking shit together. And it was weird, but that's how I kind of saw him as, as it progressed. And I was like, right time, right place. This guy's doing it. He calls, you know, he called me regularly. You can tell he's, he's an, he, he's a sponsor, you know, yeah. that's, that's what he does. Yeah. And I never like officially said, Hey, you're my sponsor. But then I found out, you know, like a couple of years ago, he passed away oh, wow. and I was like, you know, like sitting there kind of like, Oh, well, you know, he was older you now old people die. And yeah. But that wasn't the case, you know. He had taken his own life. And, oh wow! No way. And and I just found that out like two nights ago, you know. And I'm like Damn. sitting there watching this, and his family was on there talking about it. And I'm like, like what? Like, did he go back to me? He go back to drinking? I don't think so. I think it was. Uh, I think it was honestly uh, just depression wow. related. Um, and they didn't come right out and say everything about it, but yeah. there was a chat going on, right? Uh-huh. Um, while this gala it was a virtual gala, and I just typed in the chat, I'm like, I have to say this, like this guy saved my life at one point, like, wow. and I feel fucking absolutely crushed that I couldn't save his life, and huh. I didn't know that this was going on, like what yeah. the fuck, yeah. you know? And so I kind of carried that around with me the past couple of days, and. I think I needed to hear that, like, in the strangest way. I'm coming up on five years of sobriety, and I think that that was like, that's like the the uh, angel kind of looking over me. I, I yeah, think that's that makes the, sense. The old, you know, the higher power, I guess, saying, "Hey, man, like, you need to hear this this year because you need a fucking second wind." Yeah. And like, you don't got this. Is that what you kind of getting at? Like, you don't like, like any, like we always have to be vigilant because anything can happen regardless of how much time we have. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that like the past year with the pandemic and everything else and like, kind of like what we were discussing is I was having these dreams and everything else where, um, I was drinking and I'd like wake up and I'm like, fucking panic like panic attack like i'm like this didn't fucking happen like how could it happen yeah. and you know then you realize you're like okay I'm, I'm awake and that happened three or four times and i'm you know i'm like what the fuck like yeah. why why is this happening okay in the back of my mind alcohol is still there yep. and it's slowly creeping back up something wants something wants to hold it's like fucking freddy krueger like i fall asleep <laughs> keeps coming in my <laughs> dreams damn it <laughs> yeah. yeah and so you know and then i i heard this i heard that story and i was like i'm i'm not at a like i do get emotionally impacted by things but like that was like fucking earth shattering whenever yeah. i heard it you know and i was like okay so let's Let's recap what, or not recap, but like, let's reset. Let's rethink this. We need a game plan of shit goes south. And so that was more like started looking at, you know, I've got a five month old and everything else. And I could not fucking imagine stumbling into the house drunk and going up, you know, with him in bed and Leslie in bed and crawling into bed and pissing all over him or something, you know, like, yeah. Yep. I couldn't fucking imagine that. So 
you know, just uh, with the, the fuel, keeping it going. And I was glad that I heard that. And, you know, I've, I've kind of worked through it the past two days. And Good, man. It's, <clears throat> I went back to his page on Facebook, you know, like Facebook is weird about how they they say in memory of on people's pages that have died. Because oh, really? It's like some sort of algorithm that says if enough people post like pray or thinking of or somebody passed away, they immediately say in memory of. Dude. And I think and honestly, I think. In some way, it's it's good because you don't want people that don't know posting on their page like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, like, obviously. And then dead. his wife and finds out and has to tell him, "Well, I'm sorry, but you know, he passed yeah. away or whatever." Yeah, right. <clears throat> and so I went back, went through his page, and then I was like, "Do I dare click on messages?" You know, mm. um, because it's going to scroll through, and I'm going to see everything we talked about. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and. Fucking, I like, I think the thing that made me feel like a piece of shit was I opened up the message and the, you know how old people are, dude. Like they share these like, Hey, pass this on. If you like love somebody. <laughs> yeah. And, All the, the, the copy and paste ones. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah an, yeah, an angel funny. will look over in your seat. Yeah. If you like pass it. this on to 37 people and we will uh, make sure that you are blessed. <laughs> yeah. You'll go to heaven. Yeah. You'll get 17 and, Werther's originals with your purchase. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Werther's originals are good. They I are. They that. are. My <laughs> grandpa loves them. <laughs> um, but I saw it and that was the last thing he'd shared with me and I didn't respond to it and I just was oh, like shit. fuck you know yeah. and then I was just thinking to myself I'm like that's not me I'm like you know I'm not I'm not 80 years old and of course yeah. I'm not personally going to share something like that with somebody but this is their language this is their love language this is how sure. they say hey I love you I care about you and I shouldn't fucking judge you know yeah. like that's good. My man. mom, you know, yeah. you know, and she shares that stuff with me and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to fucking respond to every, you know, like yeah. every time somebody writes those to me now, it's like, at least say, even though you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though I'm like, I would never share it, but yeah, it's still it's, I think it's, it's the thought that counts and letting them That's know, good, Hey, I, you know, yeah. I appreciate you reaching out. Like saying something. It's a good lesson, dude. I'm glad you shared that even with me and on the podcast, dude, because I think like I've I just so we're clear, I've done the same exact thing. I don't ever I'm not on social or I'm not on any of the social media platforms, but I've had plenty of those in the past. And I'm like, why why are you sending me this shit? You know what I mean? I'm not gonna repost that. That's stupid. Like I'm it's just way I would yeah. never post that. But you're right. That's that's somebody's love language. That's how somebody um, you know, maybe they want to connect or feel a certain way that they sent this out. Maybe they really believe it. Who knows? You know what I mean? But even if you don't repost it, I think that's a good thought. I mean, if it's somebody that you do care about, you could say, oh, hey, John or hey, Linda, or whatever the hell your name is. Um, thanks for sending this. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Have a great day or something. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a really good right. point, man. Yeah. Sometimes I think just the acknowledgement is, is yeah. enough, <clears throat> you know, and I think that, that the past year, um, and, and just still, I feel, I feel like getting into like going into the fifth year of sobriety, it's like you start to like appreciate little things here and there. Yeah. And then also you're saying, you know, what's enough, um, what's enough for me. And <clears throat> I think looking at that, like saying, for the instance, you know, somebody sharing something like that. If my grandma were to share that with me, I better respond or else there's going to be, you know, yeah. I would feel like shit the whole day. Yeah. And otherwise you're not getting underwear and socks for Christmas, motherfucker. That's right. it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and to me, it's like, Hey, that's enough. That's, you yeah. know, to respond and say, Hey, thank you for sharing that. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, Something like I'm good. not going to repost it. And, you know, Tweety Bird doesn't know how to get to heaven. So, <laughs> but like you said, the acknowledgement <laughs> is the point of that. And, and that's it. So sure. it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the full, uh, you know, cut and paste or whatever. No, I think, I think that's good. Hey, real, real quick too. So I don't forget. Um, what is your Instagram again? Is it Nick Rucker country? Also like the website? Uh, it's Ruck, Ruck country. Oh, Ruck country. Okay. country. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to make sure I get that yeah. in the show notes so people can uh, can follow you if you're on Instagram there. Yeah, I, um, I totally. I miss, I miss you on uh, 
seeing your posts on Instagram and and everything. And uh, like I said, I was out in California recently and and drove by the A's stadium. And you were the first person that came to mind when yes. I saw that. I was like, dude, I got to be fucking close to it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you were. Um, but I know. but I'm glad that you know I'm glad you shared that podcast and that I listened and like and you said in there like hey shoot me a message on my yeah. on my webpage and you're like oh I'll never you know I don't typically respond to emails but call me you know yeah. and I was like oh I'm going to send him an email he'll respond to this oh yeah no I was so I was so excited when I when I heard from you I was uh, I, I told Jess we were in bed I go oh shit I said Nick hit me up I said, check it out. And it was great too. And I, I mentioned this to you before when we were chatting, like I had literally just put the contact form up like the day before um, or whenever I recorded the podcast, it was like that same day. But yeah, man, I just had a jump ship, dude. I jumped, I jumped off Facebook in 2018 and then I still had Twitter, which I didn't really use often, but um, you know, I had a good, a good uh, community of people on there, but I just, you know, the, some of the values and ideas and all the shit that was going on, just it was not aligning with what I believe in. And so a lot of people are like, you're fucking crazy. How are you going to just like let go? And you're like, you got a lot of people that follow you and you know, it can grow and whatever. And I was like, Hey, you know what? It, I built it one time people followed, I'll find the new spot. So that's why we jumped on locals, which has been really, really cool. It's really just like Instagram, but it's, um, it's, way more free speech based and it's private and you know, you can get free content and stuff too. So that's been cool. You got to jump on there, dude, and check it out. It's a good, it's a good little platform. Locals. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called, it's called locals. And there's a whole bunch of different people on there that have their own little community. You could start your own community on there. It's, it's pretty cool. What the hell is that in the background? Is that my wife? What is that? I think my wife's like grilling something up in the kitchen or something. I can hear it in there through the microphone. It was <laughs> tripping me out for a second. Anyways, dude. So, I, so you got a book out, dude. Time cap. It's that's awesome, bro. Like I didn't even know you were writing a book. Um, it. When did it come out? What's it about? What's going on with that? Dude, it took. Uh, I kept it pretty much under wraps um, because, and and the main reason was is because I'd never thought I'd finish it, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna hype it up. Yeah. And then not finish it. And everybody's like, what the fuck? You yeah, know? totally. Um, I, it took 10 years to write 10, 12 years. And it was basically detailing the, I guess, psychological effects that deployments have on soldiers that are overseas. Wow. Um, and, and honestly, it was from my own thoughts, you know, and everything I didn't. And I think like what we talked about on the past, uh, podcast was like, I didn't live that whole, um, you know, uh, Hollywood blockbuster soldier life whenever I was overseas. It was more of the um, day in and day out, just keeping busy, it's like and, a grind, you know, huh? in your thoughts. Yeah. And then in, in Iraq, that was, you know, like that was pretty much day in, day out. And it's, then to get to Afghanistan in 2012, 13, and people start dying mm. and to really see the effects that it has on somebody, even if you don't know who they are, um, that you're over there protecting, you know, the United States fighting for, a, fighting for your country. And these guys are dying and, you know, you see them and you're just, you're kind of like, a piece of you dies a little bit. And I talk about that in the book wow. where you don't have to know somebody in order to feel that, you know, feel that, you know, and not to get too deep into it, but the looking at somebody's body getting carried through the ranks and knowing that, you know, their family doesn't even know they're dead. And I'm sitting here looking at them. All these people are sitting there looking at them and you're just sitting there picturing them getting the phone call, you know, oh, and, and I just kind of remember the, uh, I, I remember the pain in my back standing there. Cause it was always like, we had to stand there forever. Oh. And eventually you would, you would just sit there and say, you know what the fucking, I don't care. Like this is, you know, obviously it's, it's worth the pain of standing here and everything else. They deserve this. And, to get to, you know, the 
after deployments and the struggles with alcohol and and going through and failed relationships and 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 just not kind of living a hard life and going to to the point of of wanting to kill myself you know mm, and wow. <clears throat> facing that wall ending up in the hospital and just really like what am i doing you know and then you finally you know you hit you hit your the day everybody remembers the day yeah. i guess um <laughs> that it happens yeah. and to coming out of rehab and thinking i'm never fucking going back to that life again mm. and we talked a little bit about this before also it's like you know the people that are going to go into rehab and or the people that want to get sober and you know we have a spider sense about it yeah. people that aren't going to get sober yeah. and <clears throat> all we can do really is just be there for them when we ne they need us mm -hmm. and i think that was like coming out and going to uh, into CrossFit and getting my life together. That's kind of where the book leads into and ends into gets into music a little bit, but <clears throat> that was, it took a lot, dude. There was like, How long there did was it nights take to write it? where, uh, I mean, 10, 10 years total. And then editing was a year and a half, almost God. two years. Yeah. The editing process and, sucks, huh? <laughs> oh dude, it so was much. horrible. Yeah. And I had a, a wonderful lady in Alabama who actually was an English teacher in Alabama. And she was like, she was the one that told me you need to publish this. She read my journals. Nice. And I said, I, uh, I know I ain't never written no book, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. nothing about no writing, yeah, writing a book. <laughs> God <stuff>. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to share my feelings. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And so we went through many nights where, you know, we're going through and I'm reading this and I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I can't fucking share this. Like yeah. I am not comfortable sharing this with anybody. You know, I talked about how I wished, you know, we didn't have communication in Afghanistan because I would like to just go there and not have to worry about life back home. Mm. Um, because there just was kind enough of stress out. going on. Yeah. Yeah. And just get away from it because, you know, honestly, there was a point where it was like, I get that your fucking life's okay back here. Like, I don't need to hear about it, you know? And yeah. it's where it went, it's mostly whenever you're turned up and fucking like all this shit's happening yeah. and you're trying to explain to them, Hey, this was my day, but I can't tell you about it because I can't fucking talk about it on the internet. Like, you know, yeah. you can't share what's going on Specifics. while it's going on. You yeah. can only share about it afterwards huh. and that's whenever you know going through the book and i talk about i wish i did didn't have to talk to my family as often as i do but since it's there i feel like obligated to talk to them yeah but i would like to check out and just not do you feel disconnected and like when you're talking to them even too just because you're kind of like you're not able to fully connect almost or you don't want to it's going to be tough right yeah and you know just feeling like I want to be completely open with you about what's happening here and the emotions that I'm going through, but I can't because it's going to fucking jeopardize my integrity and who yeah. I am right now in this place that I'm at. Yeah. And I can't get weak right now, honestly. Yeah. And talking about fuck dude, there's like, um, I had to reread the book because I finally, I finally read it last week and because I'd never actually picked it up and read it since it got it published. And I think in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want to face this right now. Like, yeah. because it's very real and those emotions for me start to come back. And I think going through the parts where there was an Afghan uh, local who had had his legs blown up. Um, he was missing his legs and they needed O negative blood, which O negative is the universal blood for everybody. And of course I'm O negative and walking down there donating blood, which probably went right into his body. He died anyway, as I'm walking back, eating cookies, you know, wow. like, and that's going through your head, you know, that's, yeah. <clears throat> that's what people don't see whenever they donate blood in the United States. It's like, you're not, 
you're just donating, but you don't know where it goes. Yeah. Me, I fucking knew where it was going. This wow. guy is dumping blood out of his legs. Damn. And so, and you know, you're walking off fucking skip, skipping into the sunset while this guy's dying. Well, I, it wasn't that dramatic, but. <laughs> but I got you. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. you just feel bad, you know, and <clears throat> you kind of carry those things along with you um, over time. And as we were editing and going through, there was many nights where I was just like bawling, you know, like looking at the computer screen. And I'm like, I can't fucking go through this shit again. Yeah. And <clears throat> just talking about the hardships and just the day to day. And, and <clears throat> I think there was a point where for like two or three weeks, I stopped talking to the lady that was helping me edit the book. And I was sold on the fact that I wasn't going to publish this. I was like, this is can't, can't happen i don't want people knowing this stuff yeah and then there came a decision day basically where she had she wouldn't leave me alone about it she kept texting me like hey when are we gonna work on this again when are we gonna yeah. work and i just ignored her and i you know i felt bad because like she obviously didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so i finally just told her i was like you know i don't feel like i'm worthy of sharing this for one, I feel like the story is not uh, sufficient enough. And I feel like my time over there. And then as I started to say those words, I'm like, wait a second, pump the brakes. Like there's a hundred percent of the army, 1% of the 1% uh, of that hundred percent sees combat overseas. And that's a very, very small margin of soldiers that, have seen actual combat. And I'm like, this is a side of the story that nobody sees. Yeah. That the guys that are going over there and it's a job, it's a job. And I was like, this is going to appeal. I Okay. I take that back. I don't want to say appeal because I'm not trying to market this, but this is going to, this is the voice for the common everyday gi joe <laughs> the general <laughs> issue joe that's good yeah. this was for those guys and <clears throat> i needed to do that and in the back of my mind i had every single guy um whenever i was publishing or whenever i was posting on like instagram the the pages you know printed out pages that i was doing this and i was getting comments from and I know they were fucking joking, but it still pissed me off. But <laughs> um, they were just saying like, oh, what do you have to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah, that's, that's what was in, getting in my head. Yeah. I, I was in my own head. And so eventually I got to the point where it came to D-Day and she was like, what are we doing? And I just remember getting that text and I was like, we're finishing this. And, yeah. you know, we finally made it through to the end. Um, and then it became, got to the end of, I've never published a book. Like, yeah. I don't know how this works. You know, I publish music and it's fucking simple. You <laughs> upload it to something and then it puts out here and here and here. And I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Let me um, ask something so, really quick. Any of them yeah. motherfuckers ever publish a book? No. <laughs> exactly. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. So real quick, like, cause I get haters too. And I'm sure we've all had them. Everybody who's listening at one point in your life, you've had a hater, like people hate dude. Like that's just the way it is. And the best thing we can do for that is to let them do it and know that, you know, we, we know what's right. We know what we're doing is the right thing. And we know what we should be doing because it is easy for that kind of stuff to get in our heads and, um, you know, just like you, it's gotten in my head before, and it's, it's probably made me not do some things that I probably should have done in the past, but they're always going to be there. And, uh, you know, um, what's the saying? It's like, uh, it's a, oh, fuck dude. I don't know. I totally just drew a blank on that. I had a good saying. I thought it was good for at least, but anyways, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to point that out, but you were saying oh, no, pu okay. publishing music, definitely way different than publishing a book. Like once you get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know my way around music publishing and everything else, but, uh, this was weird. So I started, you know, of course, go to the internet and start figuring it out. You know, somebody's done it. Uh, so, um, they'll be able to walk me through this. Yeah. And then I found a publishing company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was like, well, I guess this is it. I'll submit my, you know, what I have and see yeah. what they say, submitted it. And they were just like, we'd love to publish this for you and everything else. 
Um, and with everything else too, like publishing music, everything costs money. Yeah. And so, um, you know, out of pocket, it was, I'll be happy to break even. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but it yeah. was still, it was a lot. Still cost money. Um, yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> I sat there at the end and was just kind of like, I remember submitting it like the final edited copy. And I was like, literally a big weight just like went off and I was like, it's wow. out of my hands now. Like awesome. <clears throat> I'm no longer in control of saying yes or no. <laughs> it's there. It's out there. And yeah. Out to the world. Yeah. And you know, since it hit uh, bookshelves and everything else, it was, I, I've promoted it a little bit, but I was just like, I think people that want to read it will find it. Um, yeah. I'm not looking to make any money off of it never even crossed my mind it was more of like i just need to do this yeah and people have reached out to me since and just said dude like this is fucking good you know like oh, we yeah. want more you know yeah. and so i'm sitting That's here cool. like well fuck it i don't have another story like <laughs> i don't have another 10 years to write a book right now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah probably go be back faster the second and- time but <laughs> Yeah. No, it's funny because it's like you're, you, 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 it's almost like a release. Like I remember we did a, um, well, you hear about a lot of people doing this. They'll take a list, maybe it's their four step even, and then they burn it in a fire or whatever they do, right? Maybe the book was kind of like that's, that's your, that was your way of kind of, um, facing some of that stuff of your past and letting it go. You know what I mean? Putting out like, you, that's probably why you felt that when you let, when you finally hit publish, like it was like this huge relief of freedom, like, man, okay, boom, I've, I've let that go. Now it's out of my hand. You're not holding on to it anymore, man. That's really fucking cool, dude. Congratulations on that too. dude. It's awesome. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think everybody should do it. Um, well not maybe write a book. They just, <laughs> yeah. That, that was kind of like extreme, I guess on my part, but the just talking about you know the stuff that so here's a story i'll share and my my life has been kind of like fueled by music my whole life yeah and it was kind of funny because i was listening to your podcast a few weeks ago with the uh old drummer of papa roach your buddy dave yeah and and i was like that clicked in my brain. I'm like, holy shit, I haven't listened to Last Resort in like a million years. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know, that sounds great. And so, of course, I get on yeah. there and I'm like, I follow him and then I see all his posts. But then that kind of uh, lit another fire was <clears throat> thinking, dude, I remember back in probably 2002, 2001, or 2003, one of those days, uh, one of those years, not days, but uh, I went to a concert and some of my favorite bands growing up were just no name bands that nobody you know had ever heard of they were just locals in missouri and uh there was a band called green wheel they had a hit song back in the day and they're from st louis and so i had went to the concert at the blue note and in uh, columbia missouri to watch them drove three hours and i remember like wow. oh this was a big deal i'm right out of high school i'm gonna drive three hours <laughs> yeah hell yeah i'm going on a road and, trip oh yeah hell yeah and we got a motel and back then it was crazy because you had to like download the map quest directions and, and <laughs> print them out <laughs> i know dude, so and, crazy. um so i go and <clears throat> Dude, back then I was still trying to network, <clears throat> network with everybody. And back then I go through my old emails on my Hotmail account <laughs> and I've got all these emails of writing um, like Miles Kennedy of Alta Bridge um, and like uh, the lead singer Greenwell, this other band, yeah. Leo. And then I wrote this band in the clear. So in the clear was a rock kind of like a, I don't know who to compare mainstream rock okay. band from uh, Nashville, I think Nashville or Memphis, Tennessee. And I'd never heard of them prior to that. And like, they sang this song and I was like, dude, I fucking love this song. So I stuck around after the show and cause in hopes of meeting the lead singer from Greenwell, cause I was just like fucking fangirling. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this guy comes out. And I go, dude, back then it was like, Hey, do you have any advice for, you know, somebody who's up and coming the, the, yeah. uh, the standard question from everybody that's in a band. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, and he's like, 
you know what, dude? He's like, the only thing I can tell you is you have to write about things that nobody else talks about because it makes everybody uncomfortable. And <laughs> That's good you know, advice, you have actually. To, yeah. And he was like, you have to write about it because nobody else has the balls to say it. And I was like, okay. All right. All right. Thanks, bro. Party on. <laughs> Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Let's go fucking get drunk. <laughs> this guy know, yeah. Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> <laughs> that's so um, funny so i took that and you know that that was in the back of my mind whenever i published that and made it um put it out there it was like yeah this is something that obviously nobody's talking about we're dealing we're still talking about 22 veterans a day commit suicide wow. and <clears throat> is there an end to this or what's the story here like what are we doing to combat this and I'm sure that, you know, like the programs that I am a part of, like Guitars for Veterans that uh, donates guitars to veterans who are struggling with PTSD, that's a great avenue. Oh, that's awesome. But nobody's talking about it. Nobody's, you know, publicly talking about like, hey, I had I had emotional fucking issues and emotional trauma from being overseas for as much as I did. Yeah. And <clears throat> you have to look at it as like the last year of your life, Shane. Like you look at like, the, the pandemic that yeah. is going to be something you carry around with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Like you're always going to remember it. And it's fucking, it's even though you didn't get, you know, the coronavirus or somebody, you know, didn't get the coronavirus. Most of us know somebody who did, but yeah. the simple fact is just because I didn't get it doesn't mean I didn't live through it, oh, you yeah. know? And that's what I started kind of like comparing that to. It's like, well, just because I didn't fucking, go overseas and shoot people in the face and kill everybody left and right that I could. Yeah. doesn't mean that I didn't live the war. Yeah. I was there yeah. and I was in a foreign country and, and in a time of war and it was fucking traumatizing at times. You well, know? you're, it sounds like you're, you're giving a, a, a take on it. Like you said, there's, I can't remember what percentage you said, but it was low of people that actually, you know, are in combat and actually, like you're saying, just, you know, shoot, shoot them up and the shit that they make movies about. Right. So people are, you know, the, um, you know, sniper, that's the first one that comes to mind, Chris Kyle, right. Something like yeah. that. That's this, you know, it's a, or Marcus the trail, another one. Um, but the majority of men and women who are going over there are doing a lot of the things that you probably experience, the daily grind of being away from home, of being um, disconnected, separated in a foreign country. There's so much shit psychologically that that does to you, I would imagine. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine. I've never, never been in that situation myself, um, but it's got to be uncomfortable as shit. There's lots of things that you deal with. And I think that's great, bro, that you have able, you were able to write about that for 10 years, capture those experiences. And then dude, that's going to relate to so many people who don't relate to the, to the big blockbuster movie story and not to minimize that anyway, the great stories and un unbelievable shit too, you know, but that's the average day-to-day -day stuff that people don't see. You know what I mean? You're really giving a window into that. Right. <clears throat> and I think just talking about that, getting more people comfortable talking about that, you know, I think just letting people know, Hey man, you have a voice. Like why, yeah. Why shouldn't you share that voice? And I think yeah. even whenever I do public speaking and everything else <clears throat> about my time overseas and whatnot, it's I I walk up there and I've walked up in rooms that are full of like Vietnam vets, World War II vets mm -hmm. and, you know, Desert Storm. And I'm sitting there giving my speech about like, well, this is <laughs> this is what I did, yeah. you know, take it or leave it. <clears throat> um the guys afterwards come up to me and they're like, dude, I'm so glad you shared that. You know, like I, I, I we need more of that. That's oh, what they're wow. saying. That's and awesome, dude. to me, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, okay, it's, it, I get it now. You know, like this makes <laughs> sense. It's like, yeah, we've, we've got a, a generation of guys who, when the war started 2001, I was in fucking, I was a sophomore in high school, mm. you know, and it took, 12 years or so, whatever it was before it was like, 
oh shit, you know, I remember watching this on the news when I was a kid. Yeah. Now I'm here fighting the same fucking war. Wow. And I did the math the other day and we've been in Afghanistan for 19 years and like four months and like so many days. And, yeah. and <clears throat> we've, as a society, I forgot that it's going on. And it's an endless war. 2,500 soldiers, you know, 2,500 soldiers that are over there mm-hmm. that, you know, and Leslie, my girlfriend, her brother recently just got back from overseas and, you know, and just sitting there talk, thinking like, these are people that, that are going through a whole bunch of shit and they don't know how to share it. They don't know where to find, where, where's the safe place. Yeah. And in a, in a, uh, kind of in a generation where like safe places looked at as, as bad, um, it's, oh, I think we need to reiterate that it's okay, you know, yeah, to talk about, and, uh, we stuff, can still right? be men. Yeah. We can still be men. We can still be masculine and, and lift yep. weights and fucking tell people what to do. Um, but <laughs> Just not our wives. <laughs> we can't tell them what to do. My wife. Told yeah. Me, what? That doesn't work. That's what not you okay. Say? <laughs> yeah. I'm learning. <clears throat> and, uh, that, but it's okay to be vulnerable, you know, yeah. and share that. Hey, yeah. We're well, just, had, just talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. What is, uh, what is, what was, um, uh, his experience, your, your lady's brother, like, was it, I mean, because I think, and I know we don't really have time to get into it right now. Maybe we'll have to do this again sometime, but I mean, there's so many different ways we could go right now. Like just with the whole, um, you know, the endless war over there. I mean, God, it's just like 19 years, like, come on, like, what, what, yeah. what are we doing? You know what I mean? And, right. Um, in, in, in these, these men and, and women's lives are being affected. Um, and you don't hear a lot about it because it, you know, you don't hear about the everyday ins and outs and then coming back, trying to transition into a regular life and a nine to five and, you know, a family and like, that's gotta be like just insane. And especially if you don't feel like you could talk about it afterwards. Right. <clears throat> and I think I was telling Leslie the other day before I left, I said, you know, I was like, I know I'm going to be gone six weeks. And I was like, you, you're going to have to reintegrate me into your life whenever I get back. Cause <laughs> six weeks is like, yeah. that's, that's a long time, you know, yeah. and, and things change. And I think if I, I was sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, what was, what would I do if this was a year long deployment again? Mm. And <clears throat> the kind of leaving, you know, my son who's, five months old and coming back and he's a year and five months old and thinking, dude, I just missed all of your life, like all of your first year of life, you know? And there's a lot of guys that do it. And, Mm. and I'm like, I was kind of lucky in a sense that I didn't have, whenever I went on deployments, didn't have to give that up. Yeah. You know, didn't have to leave that behind whenever I left. I was always very fortunate that I left my family and, there, yeah. you know, I've seen them my whole life, so it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't, like it wasn't it a new baby. Yeah, yeah. What uh? And I. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just uh, oh, well, that just takes I think a toll on on families and guys, and mm-hmm. and you know, even sharing my story, like, there's other guys. It's got to have you know. Oh, dude, I left my kids and came back, and like the whole everything went to shit. You know, that yeah. that's kind of the common theme. Um, is that, you know, we went overseas and came back and our whole life was different. Yeah. We never reintegrated right. Yeah. And divorce happened and everything else, you know, those are the stories that I always hear. And so that was, that was the purpose of the book and why it's out there now and why, I guess, I know that there's a lot of guys probably have read it and said, good. Like, you know, just, yeah. like, I'm glad somebody said it, you know, <clears throat> It's good, man. I know you mentioned, uh, you mentioned too in the book that you talked a little bit about music and, um, I'm even wondering now after kind of hearing, thanks for sharing that too. You kind of giving us an insight into, you know, the book and just kind of some of your more personal stuff. That's hard. You know, it's not easy to share that stuff when it's close to you. And, and then, like you said, you bring up a good point. Like you didn't read the book. Like I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't listen to the podcast. I record the podcast and that's it. I hate hearing myself. And I realize like part of it is, 
you have to relive some of those conversations or stories or things that you went through and we have to feel. And for you and I and and other people out there who struggle with alcohol or drugs or whatever, our problem's not always alcohol and drugs. I mean, yeah, that's obvious. Our problem is feeling. We don't like feeling sometimes. And so to relive a lot of that <laughs> shit is difficult. You know what I mean? And, and you know, sometimes yeah. it takes a lot to really dive into that. Um, but you mentioned music and I, I was really curious when I knew we were going to record just to see how music is going for you. Like I have a, a lot of friends in the music business, whether they're artists or whether they are um, just in the business itself and uh, entertainment in general is, is really, you know, it's, it's tough times for a lot of people out there who are in that business just because of everything that's happened in the last year. Um, how's it going for you? And then do you feel like music like has helped you transition? Like when, you know, that, that's an outlet, in other words, like to be able to write, to be able to perform, to be able to um, have that creative outlet that can help deal with some of the stress and, and some of the you know past stuff, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be completely honest. I haven't hit it this year as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Um, and I I was going off of probably six, seven years of playing. 70 shows a year, you know, and being the one man band and being the guy carrying stuff in and out at one in the morning and all that, I was like, dude, I'm over this a little bit (laughs) um, um, to some extent. And I'm glad that, yeah, I was kind of glad that things hit when they did. And, you know, you start questioning your, your um, commitment to what you, you, you believe in your morals, I guess. My moral compass was telling me like, dude, we're not writing. We're not writing. We're not writing. What are we doing? You know? And I was pretty hard on myself for a while. And I've, I've got shows booked this year and played a few last year, but I finally had to just kind of sit back and be like, are we still in this? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, why are we in this? What are we doing? And is this fun anymore? Like, oh, and why was I doing it before? Well, before I was doing it because I didn't have a lot else going on, you know, and playing that many shows, but I had to be completely real and in my face about it too. I was like, yeah, are you playing shows to promote your original music or are you playing shows because somebody wants you to play at their wedding and you're a good cover artist? Yeah. And I was like, the second thing (laughs) and yeah and that's what people are paying for you know when you're making some money too i mean right you're making money i mean it's a side a side hustle a side gig or maybe it's i mean i don't know exactly what that looks like for you maybe it's a full-time thing that's a lot of shows but either way you're getting paid to do what you love to do so but fake like kind of having that moment of um you know trying to be real with yourself is not always easy you know to do Right. And I think um, I've got some cool shows coming up um, with Mark Chestnut. He's an old night 90s country yeah. artist. I don't know if you've oh, heard yeah. of him. Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. Hell yeah. Um, I, yeah. <clears throat> um, playing with him soon in July nice. and um, getting back out and just doing some like original music oriented Good, stuff. Dude. Good. And I'm like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the right way. Yeah. Um, and so. <clears throat> I look at guys like probably what you're referring to friends that are in the music industry. And I don't consider myself in the music industry. I'd never really have because I've always had a full-time job while this is going on. And I've, I've looked at it kind of like, is this something we need now, you know, to be like, Hey, Friday night hits. And I know I have two shows and I'm leaving the house. And then all of a sudden I'm leaving a kid now (laughs) and uh, a family and crawling into bed at like three in the morning, just fucking beat because, you know, yeah, I played three hours, drove two hours to get there and then drove back two hours. Um, am, am I still into it? Um, and I don't know yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just say that's that. fair, dude. I know that's that I fair. pick up, <clears throat> I have my guitar here. I brought it, <laughs> you know, and Um, I've picked it up twice and I thought that, Hey, I'm going to have this seclusion. I'm going to write some more music, but it's like, I've lost that love and feeling. Dude. (laughs) I, I just, I want to just take one moment to just say, number one, it's okay. You're a great musician. I've heard your music. I think that 
and I, and I've been through some of the similar shit with not only with music but with the podcast. Like I literally almost fucking quit the podcast probably I don't know five times at least at the minimum, right? Because you go through those lulls of like, man, why am I doing this? Like, do I really even like it anymore? Um, what are my what's my motive for doing? Like, am, is it ever going to turn into anything? Am I wasting? I mean, you go through all those things, and um, you hit something on the head when you said, "Am I having fun doing it?" anymore like is it still fun you know that's one of the big things that whatever it is that we do and people have asked me how long are you going to do the podcast for i said man when i when it quits being fun then i'll stop and like last year you know i took a couple months off because i wasn't having fun anymore i just went through one of those spots where i just it just wasn't connecting to me dude my priorities were in a different place my head was in a different place i needed to make sure i stayed sober on top of everything and then even with music, when I got out of rehab, it was so different to connect and write. It just wasn't, it, it was just different, you know? So anyways, not like, I just want to tell you, bro, like you're just in a, you're in a little speed bump, weird spot right now. You're going to pull back through dude and play more shows and have tons of fun and you'll make some money and your boy, you have, yeah. is it baby boy or baby girl? I didn't even ask you that. Uh, baby boy, baby yeah. boy. So even that's awesome, yeah. dude. He's going to see his dad playing fucking the guitar one day. Probably want to learn how to play too. You'll be playing with him, dude, <laughs> teaching him. Dude, it's awesome, bro. You're just going through a little thing right now, dude. I can assure you of that. I could feel it, bro. And it's cool that you're be, you're you're able to be honest with yourself with that, you know, maybe right now it's just that that's that little time, you know, you need a little break. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's, I've got to look at it from a perspective of I've got a full-time job too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've got parental, you know, responsibilities now. Sure. And I'm not always going to have that at the very end of the day, enthusiasm to get on stairs and pick up a guitar. Um, I wish I did, you know, and I, that's where I think I get kind of caught is where I'm like, in me, like in my brain, it, I have this thing in the back of my head that says, you better not fucking skip. Like you better not (laughs) like go another day. And that's the same way, like with the gym and everything else. It's like, you're going to feel like shit if you don't fucking do it. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm lucky to have that, but also at the same time, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's bad at times because it's okay <laughs> to take a yeah. break, you know, and to say like, if it's the gym, it's like, okay, my body's tired. Like I need to take a break. And, or if it's guitar, it's like, dude, my, I'm just tired of driving fucking every weekend, like two hours, <laughs> you know? And then yeah. it's like, I never have a day off. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I think it's okay. I, it I is, feel dude. okay. And yeah, it, good. It, I just think that, yeah, I put, I've got here on the, in fucking six days, I'm second year nominated for best country act in Omaha and nice, got dude. the Omaha music awards coming up and it's all virtual this year. Yeah. Last year it was kind of a big thing and I've got that and I'm like, well, I have that. Till Dude, yeah. You know, like, well, you, you know yeah. what that just There's, reminded me of too is, and I can't, it's so it was, I'm pretty sure it was a quote or someone had asked Willie Nelson back in the day. He hadn't put any music out in a while and I'm not verbatim by this. So nobody hold me to it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, they asked him like, why haven't you, why aren't you recording anything? Why aren't you, you know, playing any music, whatever. And he was like, I got to live life. And when I live life, that's what creates my music because what I write about is my life and my experience. And so, you know what I'm saying? I think we can apply that to anything that any of us do, whether it's in, um, you know, whatever kind of creative outlet it is like those of us who live life and we kind of write about and, um, talk about or sing about whatever it is, um, our experience, we have to go through shit so we can share it. It's just part of the process. You know what I mean? It's right. totally part of the process. It makes it cool. Yeah, I, I, I totally. I'm banking on that. Like, <laughs> I've got all my money in that stock. Hell yeah! <laughs> and the music awards. That's awesome, dude. In Omaha, like, congrats. Yeah, dude. yeah, it's dope. Yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things where Omaha is a very the art scene is very not who I am. Like that's yeah, uh, and for them to have a country act for even on there, I'm like, Oh, they just did that because they had to. That's what, that's what I felt. That's where your mind goes to. You start going to that self deprivating kind of, I'm not, 
good enough shit, which is bullshit, you know? Well, well, not so much that, but it was like, like I was sitting at the music awards last year. To me, it was a huge deal. I'm like, yeah. Whenever I moved to Omaha, I was fucking still drinking, you know, and I was fucking nobody. And I remember getting on the internet and I'm like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, this, there's an Omaha music awards. And I remember telling myself, like, I'll never be a part of that. Oh, wow. like, you know, just not, not yeah. a guy that plays cover songs. And yeah. And you know, it took five years of work, but finally got there and it's sitting there and I'm like, dude, this is a, I, I was like, I was just like, you know, my mom was there and uh, sometimes it's hard for me to like transcribe how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. And to me, I was sitting there like, dude, I fucking, I made it like where, where I was at five years ago, where I wanted to be, I'm here. Yeah. And cool. I, you know, I, I didn't win. There's, there's guys that have been in the business for fucking years and no, you know, have way stronger following than I do, but I was just like, dude, soak this in, like just yeah. take it in. And I, by the end of the show, I was like, this is cool. But I was like, <laughs> I already had my ideas of like my opinions of the show. And I was just kind of like, yeah. you know what? Fuck these guys. Like we <laughs> like country music is a thing and we need to like, I was sitting there telling myself, like, I'm going to go up there. If I win, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to make the biggest fucking scene that they've ever seen so that they know that country music is still alive. Yeah. And oh, that's funny. I was playing it out of my head. And then this year it's like virtual. So you know, I'm not, I'm not prepared to pull the wrong comment. You got to pull the Ron Burgundy. Like if you win, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. And then you roll out like a huge, like long speech that just thanks everybody yeah. in on the planet and continue to go on. So they got to bring the music on and kick you off. That's great, dude. Yeah. Um, in reality, it's, it's always like I get excited about those things and I have a plan and then I get up there and I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, <laughs> one of the best quotes like, ever. Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, you know, that, or yeah, something like that. Exactly. It ain't close there. I was close. I mean, but yeah, yeah, dude, no, it's good stuff, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to catch up and, uh, talk a little yeah. bit, um, you know, about the book and some music and sobriety, um, I got, I guess two questions, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up, man. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing or that you do just to help deal with, uh, staying sober? And then, um, if you were going to speak to someone out there struggling, man, what would you, uh, what would you tell them? Um, those, <clears throat> I think the things that I do to stay sober, of course, is like routine, Routine is just like, for me, that's, that's the thing. If I start getting off of my routine, I start thinking about things Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm um, things to fill those spots. Um, and I think for me, the, the gym, you know, working out, that's, that's the big one. If I'm not exercising or if I'm not, you know, like expanding my mind in some way, listening to podcasts, dude, like that was, <clears throat> that's the biggest one for me too. And just having conversations with people nowadays, yeah, um, I think like coming, whenever you initially come out of, you know, uh, get sober, you don't want to talk to a lot of people. You're afraid to, you're kind of still in your shell. Yeah. And as I think just telling people like, as you, as you mature in sobriety, um, there is a maturity uh, phase. <clears throat> it's, it becomes easier and you want to reach out to people because you want to hear their stories. Um, and I think people that are struggling today um, and maybe on the fence, you know, I, and I, the person that I picture is the person that's like telling somebody, yeah, I'm not drinking, but they're drinking at night mm, um, or some, I, I've never was around people that use drugs. So I'm not hundred percent sure how that goes. So, um, but it was all drinking. And I know that there's people that are sitting out there, like <clears throat> they're writing somebody, they're saying something to somebody, there's a red flag going up and somebody's ignoring it because they, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it's not always necessarily the person who needs to get sober, I believe that like you and I, for instance, if somebody said something in particular, like, oh man, I was out until like, you know, three in the morning drinking and then they woke up and they just 
oh, I feel like shit, you know, it's like, that's a sign to us that there's a problem, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, especially yeah. if this is how they are every time we see them. Exactly. But to, to other people that might just be like, oh, that's just, that's just what they are. do. That's, yeah. 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 And like, oh no, that's, you know, they just, you can have a few some, sometimes and that's, it's like, no, I'm not your fucking puppet. Like, <laughs> no, this is like, yeah. and looking back on it now, you know, that's, that's kind of how I felt. And it's, it's for those people that are in that position, reach out to the right people. Those people that you don't want to talk to, those are the people you need to reach out to. And yeah, that's good. It, as fucking, I'm still apologizing to people to this day. For <laughs> Five years <laughs> later, <laughs> still Dude, going through. <clears throat> I'll randomly <laughs> remember something. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, man, like something will trigger something. So, yeah. <clears throat> and those are usually the people that I was always afraid to talk to because they knew. Yeah. And they made me feel like shit and they didn't even have to say anything. Yeah. So those are, I think advice for somebody is like the, if you need to reach out, reach out to those people that make you uncomfortable. And those are the people that are going to keep you honest. So that's what I got. I don't know. It changes every time, every day. (laughs) It's good, man. No, it's good stuff. I, I, uh, um, I got the links for everybody listening out there for Nick's book time cap. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at rut country um, Nick Rucker country.com. And then I think I got your Facebook link in here as well. Um, dude, thanks for coming on the podcast and thanks for hitting me up too, dude. It was good to, to reconnect and kind of check in and, uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime too. Hey man. Yeah. It's my pleasure. So thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, be sure to join us on locals. Uh, the link for that is in the podcast or in the show notes there. You can check us out at that sober um, share the podcast with a friend. Appreciate you guys. Peace, love and respect. Keep your blood clean.